Rachel Barenbaum, author of A Bend in the Stars, and I'm really, really excited for my guest today. I've been waiting to talk to her for weeks. Donnie Walton, author of the debut, The Final Revival of Opal and Nev, has penned an amazing novel. You should all go out and buy a copy. Read it today. Donnie, tell me, what is your book about? So the final revival of Opal and Nev is a fictional oral history. It's about an interracial rock and roll duo on the early 1970s New York scene. And it tracks their rise and their fall and a secret that comes to light as they consider reuniting for a big tour in the year 2016. So there's a 1971 timeline and a more current day timeline. And you get to see this duo together and solo. Um, talk to me about the style, right? Because this is an oral history, so it's written as a set of interviews, basically. Um, can you talk about why? How did you come to that? Yeah, so I worked for years as an entertainment journalist. I worked at Entertainment Weekly, and it was a forum that we used a lot there to tell the stories of beloved albums and TV shows and movies. And I was very comfortable with the form. I always enjoyed it as a reader. And I thought it was a great way to instantly make Opal and Nev feel iconic, you know, to have all these different people having something to say about them and, you know, their personalities, who they were, their careers, all those different voices. I love the way that they weave together and the ways in which you see them agree and disagree. And so the reader also becomes part of the narrative because they're finding the truth in between everybody's stories. Um, and the way I think that it worked so well that you did such an excellent job was that um, each of the, you know, each of the interviews as it's chronicled has a very different voice. So each of the characters sounds so different. How did you do that? Like, how did you keep track of all of that? It was really fun. You know, I think in my real life, I'm sort of an introverted person. I'm not a big talker. I like to just listen to people. My mom tells this story, like when I was a baby, I just would love to sit on her lap in a room full of grownups and just like my head would swivel, like watching one to the other talk. And so I've always loved language and the quirks of language and dialect and, and all of these things. And so it felt kind of natural to me in a weird way to make everyone very distinct. And my goal was to be able to have the reader turn to any page in the book, plop their finger down and know who was talking just because of the language that I'm using. Um, so it was a fun challenge to do that. Amazing and done so well. Um, okay, and so another thing that I'm dying to ask you about is the footnotes were also just a huge part of it. And I read that um, you were inspired by footnotes used in the brief wondrous life of Oscar Wow. I don't know if I ever say that name properly, but um, can you talk about that inspiration in the footnotes? Well, I just think that, you know, that that novel really kind of knocked me out in terms of the wildness of the form and the way that um, the footnotes allow you to keep the narrative structure and the tone of the story that you're telling while also like weaving in history and things that you want the reader to know for context. And so I thought it was just kind of a brilliant nonfiction um, kind of form to bring to fiction and add to the reading experience. And I always wanted to make it something additive, not distracting or not unnecessary. And um, yeah, I just, I, I thought it was great fun to do. 
It was. All right, I want to move on to the characters themselves now. Um, so Opal and Nev, um, you know, at the end of their lives or whatever careers, they're huge stars. They're sort of larger than life, life figures. But in the beginning, um, they're very opposites and they're sort of mediocre, right? Like um, they're not really such huge, like neither of them has a huge talent and they're so different, right? You've got this skinny, white, redheaded kid, right? And then this, um, you know, this black woman who has the, you know, powerful voice, but doesn't even know how to use her microphone. And yet they become stars. So was it, it's, was it a play on accidents? Like, why did you sort of start them as these mediocre, that was mediocre, you know, not these super talented musicians. Yeah, you know, I think I, I, I think that there's such a thin line between what can make someone very, very famous and what can like push them into obscurity. And I think it often has to do with luck sometimes, or in the case of Opal and Nev, it becomes this kind of um, pivotal, tragic moment uh, that occurs at one of their, their shows that launches them to headlines and kind of makes them, you know, makes an image out of them. There's this photograph that's taken and it's flashed everywhere and it becomes the kind of picture that is a little emblematic of an era. And, you know, you, you look at it and you feel like you can tell a story from it. And I really like that idea that um, they didn't necessarily, you know, get famous because they were hugely talented. Although I will say that Opal has an X factor to her that I also wanted to explore. She's not the best singer in the world, but she is a magical performer. And um, so I wanted to get that across that it's often just like chance that that can change a life. I was so hoping you'd say that because I, I really, I, I, you know, I loved that. Um, sorry, my dog is barking. Our mailman oh, no is coming. <laughs> but, I love dogs. No worries. Okay, okay good. Um, so I want to talk about Opal. Another thing that I just, I loved that you did, and I would love to ask you why, is she's bald. Right? And that's a huge part of her identity. And hair is so important. Um, can you talk about why she's bald? Yeah, you know, I was kind of thinking of Opal as for me, almost like a superheroine, you know, like she can sometimes take what others might see as a vulnerability and make it like a core strength. And a lot of Opal's core strength is her giant confidence, even from a very young age. And hair, especially for Black women, is something that is very meaningful, very powerful. It's also something that we spend a lot of time and effort on. Um, and I wanted to free her from that a little bit. I wanted to free her in an unconventional way, in a way that um, you might initially think would be a problem for her, but she kind of takes that and she makes it a fashion statement. And, you know, along with her outfits, which she calls her armor, she steps into the world and she just feels kind of like a goddess. And um, so I think that's why I wanted to do that. Can you talk about the photograph at the center of the book? I think mostly so it's not too much of a spoiler to kind of say what happens at the concert, which is um, um, 
the drummer for Opal and Nev is killed during a riot that kicks off during um, a protest that Opal lodges against a rival band who brandishes the Confederate flag at their shows, right? And so um, there's all this violence, the drummer is killed, and then there's a news photograph that's captured of Opal and Nev escaping the theater. And um, the image is of Nev, you know, it's of Opal kind of riding Nev piggyback. And she has on her stage costume and she's got on the glittery eye makeup, which is throwing up a flare against the, the lights outside. And she sort of almost looks like a warrior. Um, and it's a picture that is very arresting and um, kind of is interesting for, you know, who Opal and Nev are, as you said, they're outward opposites, you know, a, a black woman and a white Englishman. And there's just a lot of dynamics happening in the picture. And it's a kind of thing that the audience would read a lot into that's not necessarily the real story. And so in the photo, there's a lot of discussion of how the photo has kind of been elevated to art when actually it's a moment of real trauma, um, especially for Opal. While we're on the subject of photographs, I have to ask you about working for life.com because I spent a summer working for Time Life Books. Oh, cool. <laughs> yes, and going through the Time Life Book archives, right? I mean, oh. it's amazing. Yes. Talk to me about your love of photographs. Oh my gosh. So I that might have been my top two favorite, <laughs> my top two of favorite jobs that I've ever had. Um, it was so amazing to call in the, the archival photos because they stored them, I think, in this big warehouse in New Jersey. And you'd call in a set and it would come in the box and it would have like whatever prints were made, but also all the negatives, the contact sheets and the photographer's notes, which were just like the typewritten on the onion skin and little thoughts and opinions from the photographers, you know, and so putting together those clues and those pieces, because my job was to pretty much write photo essays to pair with, with the photos and to, you know, weave in historical context about the celebrity or the newsmaker. And along with the photographer notes, I sometimes had a chance, some of those photographers were still alive at the time that I worked there. And I had a chance to interview some of them about their memories. And it was just such a, a wonderful, like fulfilling job. I really loved it. I feel like that should be your next novel, writing that, <laughs> right? looking in there somehow. So what do you want people to take away from this beautiful, stunning book? Oh, wow. I think the main thing that I would like people to take away is the sense of community that I feel like is in the book, um, between especially the Black characters, you know? Um, no matter how hard things get or how rocky the road to fame, you know, Opal has some key people in her life who are her family. And that is both, you know, her, her given family and her chosen family. So her sister Pearl, with whom she bickers a whole lot, but, you know, counts on for advice. 
and her best friend and stylist, Virgil, you know, and even the journalist who's putting together this story, who has a very personal tie to the origin story of Opal and Nev and is the first Black editor of this magazine. Um, there's a connection there as well that's very complicated, but it's also one of mutual respect and love. And so, you know, I want the readers, especially my Black readers, to come away with a sense of hope and, and the idea that um, we always have each other. That's so beautiful. And what kind of advice do you have for writers? Oh, <laughs> again, it comes down to me, uh, to community and finding those circles of people who support your dream and hold you accountable. Um, I think that, and, and, and cheer for you, root for you, you know, when you have wins, that's been hugely important on, on this journey is to have those people in my corner who are sharing and, you know, showing up at virtual events and all that has been something I'm so grateful for. And I think it's the thing that encourages you to go back to the computer every day that, and I would also say, love what you're writing. Like don't write based on a trend or what you think an agent's gonna like. You have to have enough passion for it that you come back to the computer every day and work on it and chip away at it. Words of wisdom, I love it. Donnie, thank you so much for making time today. I could ask you questions for another hour, but we are out of time. I loved, loved your book. Thank you so many, many copies. Thank you. Yeah.